Welcome back to Camp Wire, the American Camp Association's podcast about all things camp. I'm Sam Hurt, and I'm on the communications team here at ACA. Most camps have already finished their summer season, and kids are back in school now, so I thought it might be nice to chat with a few camp directors about how their summer went and what's next now that the summer season is over. So I spoke with uh, Dan Reynolds from Camp Wainoa and Akron Rotary Camp in Ohio, um, Brian Straka from Astro Camp in California, and Chanel Rao from Whippoorwill Day Camp in Tennessee. Uh, here are our conversations. My name is Dan Reynolds. I am the Director of Camping Services for the Akron uh, Area YMCA. I work with two camps. Uh, camp y- YMCA Camp I Know is a traditional uh, overnight and day camp program. And um, the Akron Rotary Camp is um, an overnight and day camp program for kids and adults with, dis- with disabilities. Cool. Great. Uh, how, long have you been, how long have you been there? I've been uh, working full-time for the YMCA for 18 years. Wow. And all uh, as a in director capacity for Yeah, yeah it's all wow. been a camp. Great. Just uh, as far as like how the summer went, what went well this summer for you guys? Is there anything in particular that comes to mind? Boy, you know, besides everything, like oh, yeah. this was just really <laughs> this was really probably one of the best summers that we've had in in my 18 years. Uh, you know, all the staff got along really well. There wasn't much drama. You know, uh, there weren't, we had a lot of incidents, you know, like, you know, we did a, filled out a lot of incident reports, but they filled them out well and, and we acted appropriately in, in, in those situations and, and, um, you know, everyone just had a fantastic time. So I, okay. it, it was really great. It was a really great summer that way. Great. Well, can you talk, can you describe sort of the makeup of your programs? Like, is it, it's multiple, is it multiple sites? Yeah, we have two yeah. different sites. So. Okay. Uh, yeah, my job's really unique because I get to run two different camps um, that, you know, they're both summer camps, so that's really cool. Uh, you know, we're doing the same thing, you know, changing kids' lives, but we do it in very different ways, and we're at different different points in the uh, continuum of, of, you know, business or, or camping. So uh, I have to wear two different hats on, on a regular basis. Sure. All right, well, Camp Wainoa <laughs> is, uh, like I said, it's uh, – it's a traditional YMCA summer camp. We've got 250 acres. We have, you know, probably about 300 campers every day on site. Uh, you know, we have a, a very large equestrian program. We have, um, we have our own uh, private 30-acre lake, you know, and we serve groups throughout the year and, and throughout the summer. So uh, there's a lot of different things going on dynamically with that camp. And then uh, the Akron Rotary Camp is an independent nonprofit organization that is managed by the YMCA. And, um, and as I said earlier, it's a camp for children and adults with physical and developmental disabilities. So uh, it, it's, it's just a, a different kind of intensity and um, different experience. But we do all the same te- camp activities that you think of when you think of camp. And we're, we're uh, doing the same great things. Great. So uh, speaking of that, has, do you feel like, was there anything that stuck out this summer as things that have changed or is it kind of business as usual for you guys? So I think the biggest thing that we're facing, uh, well, there's a couple things. First of all, it, it's uh, staff recruiting is, is way more difficult than it's been. I, I think this is a, a byproduct of the uh, great economy that we're having right now. There's so many opportunities for college age kids um, whether they're work opportunities where they can make more than uh, a flat rate or minimum wage, or whether they are, you know, internships and, and just, you know, life experiences. There's a lot of things going on for kids, and we have to, you know, work really hard at recruiting the, the right people to come to camp. Mm-hmm. So, so that, was, that was a huge challenge this summer. 
getting people to camp. It's been a, it's been a pretty significant challenge the past few years. Sure. Uh, the other thing that I think um, we're we're seeing more and more is um, mental health support, um, and and not just for campers, but also for for the seasonal staff. Uh, the uh, you know I've had two staff this summer that left in an ambulance uh, because of uh, self-injurious concerns. So uh, that's it's. Um, it's something that I just don't think that, that we are uh, talking about enough as an industry or, or we're starting to talk about as an industry. And, um, you know, we, we need to do more to support these kids. Sure. You don't have to, if you don't have any kind of specifics yet, we don't have to get into it, but as far as what's next, what do you have, you guys have like a plan or idea of how you're going to start tackling that yet? Yeah, I think, well, I think for, uh, you know, providing some mental health support, we're going to, do uh, uh, some type of mental health first aid program uh, as we do staff training and, and support staff training next year. I, I, that's that's really important to me that that we spend some more time on that so so we can help address those issues uh, or be more prepared to address those issues as they arise. And uh, and in staff recruiting, you know, I I I think uh, we are continually challenging ourselves to do something different and new and and um, and be there and uh, you know it goes back to relationships everything I find you know is is really about uh, developing relationships and our staff when we're out recruiting it's it's we're, we're getting people that have worked here their friends have worked here um, you know or their professors told them to come here you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's all word of mouth. And how do we get that word of mouth out, um, you know, is, is the key. Great. Um, that's great. Uh, are you guys, are your programs year-round? Yeah, both of our camps operate year-round. Okay, so you get gearing up for like an outdoor ed program or like partnering with schools or how, how what's next uh, in, going into the fall? Yeah, so up next um, at Camp Wainoa, we are going into our outdoor education season. Uh, and uh, it, that's just as busy as summer camp these days. So uh, the next uh, eight, 10 weeks at Wainoa are gonna be, are gonna be hopping with school groups and, and facility rentals and team building initiatives for, for different companies and organizations. And then at, camp, and at Rotary Camp, we are doing, um, we do what we call respite weekends, which are, are weekend campouts for our campers with special needs. Uh, and they start up right after Labor Day and operate just about every weekend. So uh, there's always something going on at camp. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, is there, is there anything else that, that comes to mind as something that's had maybe happened this summer or, or summer or is coming up that you'd like to highlight? What would I like to highlight? <laughs> <laughs> Please send um, checks too. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, you know what? We uh, we just finished uh, uh, our capital campaign at Rotary Camp, and over the past eight years, we've uh, raised about five million dollars uh, to do uh, facility improvements. And our dining hall uh, was renovated uh, right before camp started this year, and that was kind of the the uh, finishing piece of the uh, of our capital campaign, and um, it looks really awesome. So I Great. think that has been a highlight for our summer for our for our kids and our staff. You know, one of the cool things in our dining hall is we created a, a an an extra space uh, that we call our sensory dining room. So our kids that have sensory processing uh, issues that get really overwhelmed uh, in the dining hall because there's you know a hundred people in there and it's loud. Um, you know, they can go into the uh, sensory friendly dining room and still be a part of the main dining experience, uh, but not have all the noise that is um, uh, impacting them and, mm -hmm. and overwhelming them. So that has been a huge success. And, and uh, I'm really proud of, of how that's kind of turned out. Awesome. Yeah, Thanks, yeah I appreciate you asking me. It's been fun. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks. All right. I'll see you around. Have a great all day. Right. You too. Uh, oh, right now. There yeah, we go. Yeah. Yeah, go, for, <laughs> go for it. Yeah. Sure thing. My name is Brian Straka. I'm the summer camp director of Astro Camp, and we are located in the San Jacinto Mountains in a small town 
called Idlewild. And uh, our camp is gigantic. It's like over 100 acres. Uh, about half of it is U.S. forest land, which is wonderful. Um, and I have been there for, people are arguing, we think it's either my fourth or fifth summer, but <laughs> this was my 12th summer with Guided, with guided Discoveries. Okay. So, okay. Uh, it's been great. So yeah, I've worked at a few different camps of theirs. Uh, including uh, Catalina Sea Camp is where okay. I got my start. Yeah, great, great. So can you talk a little bit about sort of maybe the makeup of of Astro Camp and maybe you know, what are what's your what's your what's Astro Camp's thing? Oh man, if Astro. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> that's like one of the toughest things I think about Astro Camp because sure. uh, fundamentally Astro Camp is uh, an outdoor sort of science science education place. Uh, and so we try to make science and more specifically space and physics um, something more touchable and tangible. Um, and so during the school year, school groups come to us. But in the summertime, um, a lot of different things take over Astro Camp, and it's been awesome to see. So uh, LARPing has become one of the biggest activities. So we have LARP programs in which students can either choose like craftsmanship and, and, and make weaponry, or you can choose like the character side of it uh, for like costuming and like uh, and cosplay. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons is also enormously popular. Um, but then on the flip side, um, our most sort of like popular program, like outdoor programs are uh, mountain biking, rock climbing, bouldering. Um, we have an insane uh, ropes course with four different elements. Um, we have unbelievable hiking. Um, and then we also just have things like improv and music and digital photography. So uh, Astro Camp, we cater to a lot of different types of uh, campers. And so in the last, the whole time that I've been there, all we're seeing is increasing enrollments. And it tends to be um, a lot of kids that are looking for something like really different, but are still looking for like a cool, fun summer camp experience. Right. But, it's, but it's totally fine to be completely into these things that are sort of on the fringes. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also like a lot of people and those people are also a very different wide array of people as well. And so I think that's, uh, cool. that's one thing. Yeah. So Ash, we just offer a lot because yeah. we have so many different types of kids. Sure. Actually, um, my main role here at ACA is to field media requests and inquiries. And I get the question from reporters all the time is how, or they, or I guess think, I think reporters have it in their mind a lot that camp is becoming really specialized and I kind of make them stop and think a little, or like question that sometimes about what I see is camps, while maybe they're adding specialized programs, are still appealing to kids that have all kinds of interest at one time, yeah, uh, absolutely. including traditional camp, what you picture when you picture camp from whatever decade. Exactly. Um, so that's cool to hear. Uh, yeah. So what, can you pick, can you think of anything in particular that went well this summer? In the summer uh, season, I'm assuming yeah. uh, the summer season's over for you. The summer season is over. Yeah, we had a. Uh, I don't know if you know how much about of what we've we've gone through this summer. Um, yeah, I do know some. I'm, oh, I was hoping, okay. thinking maybe we would touch on that and then oh, I maybe you're looking for the struggles. Juicy, yeah. juicy fire well, <laughs> whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, it's wanna... okay. <laughs> uh, well, I think before the gigantic interruption we had. Um, yes. This was, I would easily say, like um, one of my best summers and my best staffs that I have ever had, uh, which was absolutely awesome. And I think we definitely took a very structured approach to our training more than ever this year. And since so much has changed in the last year, like be it uh, Me Too and sexual harassment, um, transgender issues in the workplace, we seem to get a lot of... Um, just like there was a ton of stuff that, that we needed to, to cover with staff, but needed to do it in a meaningful way where people felt included. And so we need to have like a lot of sort of touchy conversations and it all went really well. And um, the staff was very sort of open to like finally talking about tough things in the workplace, which was great. Um, but I think just as a whole, we, we take um, six days for staff training and so they were like six very long days, but days that 
every day, like you could see staff getting better. And then my favorite thing about being a camp director is the first camp session where you just see exactly like how people are kind of going to be for the rest of the summer, you know? Um, I think as camp directors, like we, we do see changes in employees, but I think a lot of times um, we have these gut feelings that we can't really explain to anybody else, but other camp directors are like how you kind of know that some people or some situations will arise and you kind of know how people are going to handle it. But it was, it was just like a solid staff that came from a lot of different places. We had our largest international staff um, as well, which was great to see. Uh, and the kids really took to them and the staff really took to them and they were absolutely wonderful. We had people from, um, oh, we had Ireland, Wales, Netherlands, Australia. Um, I think that was it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just, it was just great. Like we had just a really awesome staff that really was there for kids this summer and there wasn't, it was the least drama filled summer there could have been. Great. Yeah. I know. I mean, it seems, well, I know that across the country, people are camps are struggling finding staff and it's great to hear that i mean i don't know how what your struggles were like in finding staff but once you got staff it looks like you got some good ones we definitely did yeah and i feel like my mistake i've never had it too where like i feel like i hired too early because i got so many applicants once i thought people were like not gonna um um apply and so i think i hired i hired too quickly because like there were a ton of great applicants i was just like well i'm all filled up so i had a very odd yeah we had just more talent than ever it seemed like it's a very odd summer in that way good well that's good that's a, a great problem time. to have yeah, i guess totally. to have too many um so then then i guess we, we kind of uh, alluded to it but i understand that you had uh i was going to ask you what some struggles were this year and i think that you've had a very specific struggle so you want to talk about that some yeah, I think the biggest struggle that a lot of camps in the West are facing more and more every summer is the threat of wildfire. And what was sad about this summer is the both instances where we had wildfire problems, it was because of arson. And so that was the scariest thing is you, you oftentimes can see wildfires moving in a particular way, but when someone's just driving up the highway setting like seven to 10 small fires, it becomes an issue like, like they might block both accesses out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had one, um, one scare. It was the first week. It was, we had a, a great assistant director, Diana Huff, who works a lot with the ACA and uh, she's our assistant director. And it was also her birthday. And we got reports that there were like several small fires and we have this cool house called rock house. And it's like the place in camp that you can oversee the, the whole Valley and that usually becomes our lookout. We can get on the roof really easily and see like sort of everywhere around camp. Hmm. And we got up on that roof and you like, you only, the first fire was about less than half a mile away. Um, oh. You could definitely see like smoke and you couldn't see flames or anything. And so that's when, um, you know, all that training like finally kicks in. Mm-hmm. And then we were almost at the point of having kids starting to pack everything. Cause we had, a, we had not enough time to get everything out, but you could see like a backpack. Uh, but then ultimately we saw like helicopters came and like everything, everything was put out, never caught that guy. And then, yeah, I know. Then you fast forward a month later and we get reports from the um, fire chief in town, which is great. And he called and said there was a fire, which is in Hemet, which is probably like 20 miles away. Uh, And he says like, you're at, you're in absolutely no danger. It's going to grow a little bit, but everything's going to be fine. But then it just like becomes like dark basically because how much smoke is pouring in the camp. Yeah. And I was like, that doesn't seem right. And then um, I get uh, in a vehicle to, to go to Rock House, that same lookout point, And it's this drive like up a pretty steep hill. And before I could get to the top of the hill, I literally just saw probably 100, 200 yards away or so, just a wall of fire like 70 feet high. Oh, and probably wow. like 300 yards long. I was like, I don't even think they know about that fire. Cause that's like, so like embers were starting other fires. Yeah. And then I was, I've like never really had that moment in your life, you know, where right, you're like, wow, right. that's a wall of fire that can be in camp like within 30 minutes. And so it was great because that first fire scare, we like updated some of our procedures and, we counted every seat in every possible vehicle and car, including staff vehicles. And we had probably like 30 to 60 more seats than we had 
um, people in camp. And so th that became our thing. Like if all else fails, we have enough cars and drivers to get everybody out of here. And yeah. then fast forward like eight weeks later and that's exactly what we're doing. Right. And so I was so thankful, like once everything was over. So like, you know, the fire happens and we gather everybody like we normally do. And then we make this sort of like orderly transition to putting groups into cars and counselors and staff with kids. And our exit site was a high school, which is down the mountain. And traditionally, like it is like one of those places that opens up in case of emergencies. But like you really never have any idea until you get there. Mm -hmm. So I was just sending people, you know, down there. Um, cause I was like, I'm pretty sure they're going to open up cause they're evacuating everybody. Right. Right. Um, but you just don't know. And so I was, I was fairly confident it was going to be, and then, yeah, so we counted everybody, we got everybody out. And then I was the last person to leave with my other assistant director. Did and, you find that campers yeah. or staff or full-time staff were, uh, frightened or nervous or just kind of did what they got to do and yeah, it was, it was, it was, um, yeah, like everybody just did so well from the kids to the staff, like everybody knew their job down from like the camper up to like, you know, your maintenance staff, your families that live at camp that don't work there, mm -hmm. you know, so like everybody had a plan, everybody stuck to the plan and the kids all were extremely calm. What was the, the most sort of satisfying thing was I've never had so many um, and we had um, campers from 12 to 17 there. And I have never had more teenagers. And like, I've worked with teenagers. I'm a, 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 a teacher and a school director as well. I've never had so many kids say, like, I've never felt more safe with you guys. Because like, everyone was calm. Like, I never was freaked out. And like, literally, you could see like the sky flickering with flames. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I'm glad you guys felt that. Because like, I knew we were gonna, I knew everything was gonna be fine. And but like, yeah. but, ev but everyone, like, there were some concerned people, you know, sure. and like, once we got there, there was like a range of emotions people went through as well, because we didn't know if camp was going to burn down. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and like, there were camps from other places in town as well that, that got evac there and some like literally like had to r run out of their camps and some realized like their plans are not as good as they thought they were. Mm -hmm. um, and some of the camps that we know burned down, which is incredibly sad. And so yeah. it just becomes this huge issue. And so, you know, once, once that subsides, then you have to worry like, well, I got 150 kids that need to be reconnected 150 different ways. Right. And then, so yeah, so you spend a few days at the lovely Holiday Inn in Banning. Want to give a shout out to them. They were great. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had, I think we had about 30 kids that stayed with us for more than like one night. So it was great that like families responded very quickly. And like by midnight, I would say most of the kids were picked up. Um, wow. And so, yeah. And so like parents were just taking like any kids that lived anywhere after like talking to their parents and getting all the permissions and everything. Um, but like, yeah, everyone was incredibly helpful. But it was, it was a strange way to end the summer. And, like, I had a great taco truck coming for the staff to end our oh, – like, man. it was going to be amazing. And then, <laughs> and then we had um, our Renaissance Fair that we had been planning, which, which got uh, rained out in the first session. We were going to have it again, and it was going to be so awesome and wonderful. Like, that was ruined. And it's just like, ah, what a terrible way to end your summer. And then everyone just kind of, like, trickles home, like, very sad. Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, well, sorry. So was that the last session or did you, was, um, how, I guess, how early did that cut things off? Yeah. So like that was our last session and we were two and a half days away from being done basically. Okay. okay. Yeah. So like, uh, so we were, we were preparing to wind down camp. Okay. And I heard, I had been getting updates from our Western team and I, I, since I handle PR, I get, I kind of have alerts set up for things like that. And I, I, the last I had heard was that you evacuated and then, it, but it sounds like the way you're talking, like there was no damage at camp. So yeah, we had um, some small fires that caught the edge of camp, but there was like no structural damage. There wasn't a whole lot of smoke damage. Um, they like the firefighters used Astro camp as a staging ground. So like they okay. would have, so they had like tons of people here, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. And then they were like um, dropping flame, retardant uh, over camp so like there's just a, a bunch of that stuff to clean up but overall okay. it's pretty much untouched which was wonderful okay and so um well the, do you is astro camp year-round programming yeah astro camp is so from september through 
May, we host school groups for three to five days. And then okay. and we take um, about two to three weeks off, and then we start our summer camp season, which so, goes from June through July. Okay. So do you think there are things looking to um, go as planned once September comes? Or, or is any, I mean, is anything delayed at all, or is it just going to look like it's going to start as usual? Yeah, everything. Like, it is business as usual right okay, now. Okay, great. So, yeah, staff is great. coming back to get trained um, just a couple of days, and um, everything is yeah, everything is just working like clockwork. So it was great. So yeah, we had a lot of a lot of freaked out school groups wanting to know if like camp was okay, um, right. and so yeah, because like there have been groups that have been coming for for twenty plus years. Yeah, um, and so yeah. like people, yeah, a lot of people are invested in this. Stuff. Well, I mean, you talking about the staff and having everyone, everyone being so prepared reminds me of like, I get questions from the media or people that we, when we really try to push why, why for accreditation or why, you know, why accreditation matters are one of the things that's most mentioned is emergency protocol. And I think it's a good, these fires this year are a good reminder for everyone in the, and then also the floods last year in Texas and Puerto Rico and everywhere that it's a good time to take a, another look at what it is that your emergency protocol is maybe go over it and it sounds like even you, you guys who are well prepared even did some updating in the middle of the summer um, yeah. just to, just to just to always be on it sounds like definitely yeah because it's because um, like I, I always think of like when you redo your procedures it forces you to read everything else again so like you're like running through everything um and then when you change it well i think it's crazy like what what always changes your your plans are emergencies and so like even after this this we still see things that like need to be changed as well um, to make things more efficient and like if it was worse like what are some things that we could do better um and so yeah so i think it's a it's a it's a very sad science Mm. emergency procedures but it's definitely um the aca does help and it's great that we got accredited probably six weeks before that as well yeah and so we're like running through that again and um so yeah i I just i think it's insane that camps that just don't don't look at those things yeah 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 so what's next i know you said you had some all-year programming is anything uh coming up is it and and, thing, and i know business is as usual anything different happening soon or the, in the coming months or uh, or what's going on there now um right now we we actually just finished um a summer we had a partnership with um a chinese group called ideas that runs some summer camp programs out in china okay and so we just finished doing that and yeah, it ended on friday Um, so that was an exciting thing. And so, yeah, it was a a 10 week program that we partnered with them and they served about 600 kids. Um, and so we are sort of going to take a big step back and sort of, um, have a lot of talking about, um, that whole program. Um, we also had our second summer of Astro Camp Virginia and Camp Motorsport, which is, um, we like doubled enrollments this summer too. So it's been cool to see that that program growing. So it's going to be a lot of, a lot of talking, a lot of talking coming up for sure. Yeah. Just That's about awesome. like, where things are going, yeah, because we got our we got our tentacles around the world right now, which is awesome. Yeah, super cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I uh, I think that about does it. I mean, uh, wraps it up. Unless there's anything else you want to add. Uh, no, not at all, man. Thanks for awesome. doing this. Um, so I'm Chanel Rao. I'm the executive director, camp director of Whipperwill Farm Day Camp, and we are on a 50 acre farm, um, just outside of Nashville, out in the country. Um, and this was our 46th summer, and we're a private, independent, uh, for-profit day camp. So we serve about 240 campers a week. Um, we were right at around 1,600 campers for the summer this year in traditional day camp setting, um, outdoor-based being and nature-based sort of being our um, highlights of what we like to do out here. Wow. And that's, you said 46 years? Yes. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that has, <clears throat> excuse me, has that been day camp uh, for 46, all 46? It has, yes. Um, we've been private independent um, since the beginning. Our owner was a school teacher in Nashville and had this beautiful piece of property in her family and was a longtime Girl Scout and camp enthusiast herself and knew that she wanted to 
start somewhere where kids had a little bit of freedom during the summer and got to just explore nature and got to be out of a classroom setting. Um, and that first summer we had like six campers <laughs> and then every summer it grew from there. Um, and we've been right around that 230, 240 mark for, I'd say about five to eight years now. Um, and that's pretty much sort of our capacity with what our programming entails and transportation and all that kind of stuff as well. Cool. Great. Mm. Um, if you're, when you're thinking about just this summer in particular, I, I'm sorry, did you, how long have you been in the role as director? Maybe you are. Oh, um, so I finished my, I just finished my 14th summer with the camp and my 10th summer as director. Wow. Congrats. Thank you. Good, yeah. Good, was, uh, yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of a, that number's getting up there now. <laughs> yeah. So when you look back at this summer, was there anything in particular that went well, was it business as usual or did thing, anything stand out? Um, we had some really great um, camp-wide programming events that we did this year, um, trying to bring everyone together for an event. So we did a color fun run this year um, and had, you know, bought the color powder and, and did a little run around our property and um, through color at kids and all that kind of stuff. Um, and we had a parade for 4th of July and we did an Olympic event for a theme week where we were, um, giving out medals and things like that. So I feel in general, our programming went really well. I'm sorry. Now if you hear my baby in the background. No, no, it'll, be, it'll, be a great, it'll be a great addition to the, okay, well, she's supposed to be napping. And of course, whenever we have something going on, they never do the plans that we want mm -hmm. them to do. Right. Um, so, so yeah, so I feel like our camp-wide programming, we had some new ideas and some kind of creativity that really went well, and the kids really seemed to like it. We, do, we get new kids every week, um, so we wouldn't have to change things up every week, but the majority of our kids do come for, you know, three or four weeks a summer, so we, we do get a lot of repeats, so we like to change it up for them a little bit. Um, so we had great success in that. Um, and then we also, um, for quite a few years now, we've been doing professional development meetings for our staff, um, throughout the summer. Since we are day camp, um, we don't have, you know, staff meetings, kind of like a traditional residential camp might be able to get everyone together in the evenings or things like that. So we have to get a little creative with our time. Um, so we do three hour and a half meetings in the evening in town so not on our property we go to a local park and we use their shelter there and we do a various professional development topics so resume building interview skills professionalism in the workplace things like that um, we want to show our staff that camp is more than just summer and that there are a lot of things they're learning at camp that they can take with them to college to internships to jobs and um, that they don't maybe need that specific traditional internship and that camp can fill that role for them as well once they realize how much they can benefit from it. Right. Um, and so we've been doing those for a few years now um, and kind of feel like we're in a really good rhythm with those. Um, and this year we brought in a panel of professionals to come to talk for about 30 minutes to our staff at one of those meetings. Um, two of them were past counselors with us um, that are now, you know, professionals in the workplace. Um, another one was a previous camp director, not from our camp, but just, uh, you know, a friend in the industry um, who happens to also work for Vanderbilt University. And then another one it was just, again, another friend, but that had a camp background. Um, and they all had different career paths and different stories to tell, but it was a chance for them to share their story and share how camp was a benefit to them in their career paths and their goals and and whatnot and the staff really responded well they enjoyed asking questions they enjoyed just hearing their stories they enjoyed hearing how camp you know was at our camp from some of those staff members that came back you know 10 years ago that just in 10 years how much our camp has changed or is different or how it's the same um, and then for some of those other camp professionals, um, how different, you know, a residential camp can be or what it's like in camp 30 years ago and, um, and just hearing some of those stories and those experiences. Um, and I just feel like that that has really 
helped our staff and we always get very good feedback from them. And so we're going to continue kind of working with them on that and, and working with ACA, who's also kind of now trying to do a, a little bit of a push for that as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering, I mean, you said it, you said it that they responded well. I'm wondering, like, do you feel like they're in those meetings, they're seeing, oh yeah, like this will really help me or it, are they just thinking I'm doing this because I didn't know what else to do this summer and I don't really looking, not really looking ahead. Yeah, I think it was a, a little bit of both. So we had a, a younger staff this year. Um, I, I yeah, had what are, more what those, are the ages of your staff? Yeah, so we require 18. So they're, they're all recent high school graduates. And the average, you know, is that high school or going into freshman year of college or sophomore year of college. Um, typically, I get kind of a nice variety of all the way up to some grad level and, and that sort of thing. But this year, I did have more of those freshmen, sophomores, and only first and second year counselors um, had a larger new staff this year. Um, not a lot of turnover in the last um, year or so. And I'm looking at that too, trying to figure out kind of why, you know, it's a little cyclical every few years. But um, so like the resume building didn't go over real well, it felt like, because I had younger staff that weren't at that point where maybe they were really working on their resume yet or right. knew how to work on it and to, to fit, you know, or we're talking matters. about, yeah. right, exactly. They're not in those, they're, they're not feeling that yet. Mm -hmm. um, whereas a few years ago we did a resume thing and I had older staff and they really, you know, they contacted me in the fall and said, oh, I totally used this, you know, when I was working on, you know, graduating and that sort of thing. Um, so I think the panel worked well because it was hearing that, oh, yeah, so I, I got this summer job because I thought it would be fun this year because I didn't know what else to do. But, yeah, maybe I could keep up with this for a few years and not have to stress about finding other jobs and whatnot because there are long-term benefits from this. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how many of those, you know, first year and second year we had this year that will commit to us for next summer to see if then because of that professional development, if any of that had anything to do with it. Yeah. So definitely, that's awesome. definitely something, yeah, that we'll be kind of keeping an eye on to see if it matters. All right. Well, and I'm just going to plug, yeah, you mentioned us, so I'll, I'll mention us as well. I guess yeah. it is our <laughs> podcast, but, um, you know, we, we're in the middle of a large, research impact study that has to do with um, how, you know, what you learn at camp, how it translates into your adult life. And right. uh, I know, you know, my wife and I think about that when we were, well, in the past when we had looked for jobs and we always wonder, do, do uh, um, employers know do they, do they know? So that's another side to it too, but it's great. Yeah. I think that that's kind of the next step is yeah, it's easy yeah. for us in the camp world to see the benefits and to be able to try to even convince the other people in our little bubble that it's important, but then it's trying to convince that accounting firm or that, you know, whatever law form firm or medical school that these are beneficial, you know? Right. So it's, it's figuring out what that language is so that both yeah. sides, you know, the corporate side and then the camp side can understand each other and agree that there, there are things that are coming out of it. We, um, I know Kim Acock is part of that a little bit. Um, yeah. And she actually, we brought her in for staff training this year, which okay, was another cool. huge success. Um, and we brought her in just as, you know, a trainer to just in general and then kind of then realizing, oh, well, we're sort of all working on the same, you know, professional development type stuff. Um, so we used one of her resume worksheets that she was kind of um, trying out this summer and had great success with it. And, and she and I have com communicated throughout the summer with, you know, what we were doing and whatnot. So yeah. definitely something that I think, you know, as because one of the things that we struggled with this year also was hiring seemed harder right. and slower right. this year. And so I think as we're competing with more colleges and interns and just a society saying you have to go get these fancy internships and you have to go do five different ones before you graduate right. and all of that, that we are staying up to date with why this is just as cool if not cooler and better and just as you know productive and, and helpful right. well it's great to hear that that you know your camp is doing that and i starting up from the on the micro level really of convincing 
you know, convincing your, your people that this is, this is why this matters to your adult life. And then hopefully the study that we have can help on industry level or with some empirical yeah. data can say, no, really, it really does, you know, and back that up. Um, right. Exactly. Obviously as camp people, we already know. Um, but, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, and Kim, Kim's great. I, um, anyone who listens to this, who's new to Campwire can go back and listen to a few episodes ago this spring we did, I did one with Kim and Deb Jordan, who both are really active on um, project real job and camp yes. staff topics. So um, yeah. So was that, you kind of segued into struggles. Uh, I, I know that finding staff is such a struggle for a lot of people. Um, was there, were there other things that, that st- stood out this year? Um, yeah, so so hiring was slow. Um, it ended up picking up later, but just kind of um, calendar-wise later than what I typically and like to and in the past have been able to kind of hit my, my target number by a certain date. So, so that was, you know, that panic mode when you're, you know, in March and you still don't have all of your staff lined up when I had been a camp in the past, but could have everyone hired and ready to go by April 1st. Um, so right. that, that date's definitely been pushed back and it's more like May now when I'm still, you know, I think I even hired my last person two weeks before training started. And for us, that's, that's late. So that was hard. Yeah. Um, I had two staff members that um, quit in midsummer, which is not all that abnormal, um, but I had my first uh, no call, no show type experience where they just, I guess ghosted is what the, the term is these days, maybe. Um, but just did not show up for work, did not call, did not did not reach out to anybody. And there there was that first, you know, day and a half where that wasn't that style, I thought, of that staff member that we were actually worried that maybe something had happened to the staff member. Um, but still never even got a response and, and just um, didn't ever show back up for work. So that was a... Um, a, a new one for me in our, you know, hiring. We always lose a few every summer, but that was kind of a new way of losing someone this year. Um, and, you know, hard to not have that closure as to figuring out, well, why weren't we a good fit for you? Because he, he was an all-star. He was rocking it for the first four weeks of camp. And so it was really a surprising disappearance kind of thing. Yeah, that is true. Um, so, yeah, so that is just something. Um, he was a first year. He was a young staff member so again kind of looking at is this is this a new trend that I kind of need to watch out for is there more padding I need to do with the staff if I'm able to we're going to have more of these that just decide to kind of you know yeah disappear for lack of a better word so well it sounds great that you're asking those questions although I think if someone disappears like that with no with no notice or anything I think it might be more about them than it is you but yeah uh, I, w- I would yeah I would like to think so and obviously it, w- it wasn't a good fit and there probably would have been problems if he had stuck around so so it was probably all just as well um just a, a different way for us to be thinking and looking at our staff um so And then another first for us this summer was we had to do a a lockdown for a day, um, Mm -hmm. which was not something we'd even ever done before experience, but there was a drill or or a real situation, a real situation. Um, the County that we were in, then we're out in the country. So, um, the neighboring County from us was under lockdown because of a manhunt for a suspect who had killed a sheriff. Um, and so that was something that we did not have in our manual as to how we would handle lockdown. You know, we, we have open fire situations and all the other traditional outdoor fire and floods and all that kind of stuff, but we'd never had a lockdown drill kind of done before. Um, and so we were making it up as we went and um, trying to kind of figure out the best approach but we had um and we're an outdoor facility so we have shelters for rainy day but we don't necessarily have enclosed like fully where we can lock doors and close windows we have like gazebos and three-sided barns and that sort of thing um and so when the sheriff was on the phone with us saying well y'all need to get everyone indoors or evacuate and we said well we can't evacuate because of our bus situation and how we are during the day in this particular moment, he was like, okay, well, you got to get everyone indoors. So um, we found, you know, we have buildings on property that aren't necessarily designed for programming, but in this particular situation, we had 
240 kids and 55 staff shoved in every corner and in a space that we could kind of track down that was enclosed and walled. And um, we were in that style for five hours that day. Oh, my goodness. Um, and so, uh, uh, a first and something, hopefully uh, we never have to experience again, but, um, our staff were awesome and patient and understanding and trying to be as positive as they could. Cause I mean, it wasn't the type of situation like on a rainy day where we still necessarily have all this programming and we can still do things in our barn spaces and whatnot, but it was a, well, you 15 kids are sitting on the floor in this small back office and you 25 kids are sitting in the clinic and you, you know, you 45 kids are sitting in the loft above the horse barn and in those various positions. Um, right. So it took some creativity and a lot of positivity and um, snow cones to reward everyone the next day. <laughs> and um, it was, um, it was, it was scary and overwhelming, um, but also one of those kind of cool things that you saw how everyone worked together and just did what they had to do and knew that this was for the safety of kids and we could all complain and groan and moan about it later. But right now we just had to take care of it and just deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I was talking with uh, Brian Straka um, from Astro camp about, about mm-hmm. the fire situation and it's amazing. Right. Um, you know, in time with, you know, being in accredited camps like you are and having to meet certain emergency protocol anyway, uh, it's still, there are always things to learn or tweak or change. Um, you know, he talked about changing, uh, changing the kind of a process or protocol, even in the middle of this summer, like, um, based on just figuring new information out or rethinking some things. And I think that's uh, uh, shows what kind of camp or what kind of quality you've got. If you're always asking those questions or um, figuring out new ways to deal with the problem or being able to deal with a problem for the first time or whatever. So I, right. I, mean, I think that's great that, that you're doing that. And I'm sure that maybe probably next year staff training, it'll be like, just in yeah. case this happens. <laughs> Well, shove yeah, we definitely, it was one of those things where, you know, when you're in the moment, you know, you can't necessarily write down what your thoughts are, or what your, you know, changes are or anything, but it was definitely exactly. something that our leadership staff, you know, sat down a day or two later where we could kind of think about it and debrief and say, okay, well, so this wasn't what we were expecting and this is what we did, what worked, what didn't work, you know, um, I think our communication with our parents really felt like it was on point and we did really well keeping them up to date and calm and, and, you know, kind of being proactive about, well, what's the plan the rest of the week in case this guy's not caught and that sort of thing. Um, We definitely, I think, could have done better with trying to still provide programming for the kids, even in some of those tight spaces so that they were still feeling like they got, you know, a little bit of activity and not just sitting around. Um, so it, it was interesting as, as a camp that does not typically do things indoors, definitely realizing, okay, so that's not our strong point in case of those emergencies, if we needed to do something like that again. Yeah. Well, good for you for doing the best that you could in that scenario. That's a scary situation. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so are you, do you operate year round? Um, so our summer programming is just uh, 10 weeks during the summer. Um, our facility does some small events throughout the year. We host birthday parties and, um, and, and special events like that. Um, we have a fall fling that we do for our families. It's, um, it's kind of an open house style that the community is invited to um, to try camp activities and whatnot. And that's coming up in, in September. Um, but otherwise, um, we don't necessarily have programming going on or anything so it really gives us kind of some nice freedom to um, be able to evaluate facilities and programming and really be able to brainstorm and think about what what are we doing next what are we working towards because we have some freedom to be able to start projects without other groups being around in the fall and that sort of thing which I know not not all camps have that luxury so um, it is kind of nice that we are able to do that. Yeah. So looking, looking into doing that, do you, is there anything on the horizon that's out of the ordinary or that you're looking forward to or? 
Um, not out of the ordinary, you know, same old, (laughs) yeah. So same old kind of evaluating facilities and structures and figuring out what kind of improvements we can make for that. Um, we always try to add one new activity of some sort every year or program areas. So trying to either stay ahead of the trend of whatever is new and cool and camping or, or getting on board with whatever we've learned is new and cool and camping. Um, we added nine square in the air this year and we actually had our leadership camp build that themselves as their like service project to camp. Um, and they whipped it up in a day. Yes. Yes. (laughs) They whipped it up in a day and it lasted all summer and now it's stored away safe and sound, um, that we can use again next year. So it was a great, um, addition halfway through the summer that they did. And then, um, you know, much more cost effective doing it ourselves and provided kind of a project as well. So that worked out. So trying to just figure out what is new that we might be able to add and, and doing that. But um, as of right this very minute, there's nothing too um, out of the ordinary or too big looming ahead for us. Um, just getting ready for our fall festival for our families and, um, and, you know, trying to stay ahead of everything. Cool. Well, thanks so much for talking with me and I really appreciate it. Not a problem. Thank you, Sam. You have a good rest of the week in fall. <laughs> All right. You too. Thanks. Thanks again to Dan, Brian, and Chanel for taking the time to chat with me. Uh, It's always interesting to see how camps and camp directors deal with challenges and what what went well and how they're they're planning for the coming year. If you're on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, you should follow us. We're at ACA Camps on all three of those platforms. Um, And however you choose to listen to CampWire, keep doing what you're doing. Um, if you're an Apple user, though, please subscribe on iTunes and rate us if you feel so inclined. Uh, if you like listening to Campwire, uh, I hope that you do. Otherwise, why are you listening? But if you do like listening, tell someone else about it. Uh, word of mouth is a, probably still one of the most effective tools out there. And stay tuned for more. we got more Campwire coming next month. Uh, so thank you very much for listening. <laughs>